Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hey, friends, it is Kevin Crawford. It is January 5th, 2023, and I am here with the host of the week, Dwight Beal. I'm commandeering and starting us off today, so we're so glad wherever you're listening that God would meet you this morning. So uh, I believe I'm new to this. I'm not even hosting, but I'm acting like a host right this moment. How did this happen? Um, You know, you can't see what's happening. You know, like we have great radio voices, but you know. Things here. I have a gun. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Holding things hostage. But today we're saying, what are we thankful for? Yeah. Um, It's one of the, actually a practice over the past year I've tried to learn in my own life as Mm. uh, to take every thought captive, to bring thankfulness that we would encourage one another that not just ourselves to give thanks, but tell others what we're thankful for to spur them on Mm -hmm. that God is alive and active and we're thankful for things. So Mm. Dwight, as we have this Thursday, uh, what is something that you're giving thanks for today? Yeah. Well, the most obvious things are the things that I just came out of, right? I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that Christmas is part of our annual rhythm Yeah. because it's, it's so centers us, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, it just brings us back to the story and we hear the story that maybe we've heard a thousand times already. So I'm, I'm thankful for that rhythm I'm thankful that I got to experience Christmas in a whole new way this yeah. year with my bride and her mom and and some of their really dear friends, and it was beautiful. What are you thankful for? What am I thankful for today? Um, we just got to spend time with my family in Cleveland, and it's just good. I have one sibling, and I got to spend time with my parents and some of my uh, nephews, and yeah, we had a Good car ride as a family, for the most part. With 14, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, when you have four teenage boys in the in a minivan and two of them are six five, it gets a little cramped. Ooh, but yeah. Really, two yeah. are six five. Yeah. So, do you ever have to pull the old boys? Am I gonna have to pull this car over? Oh, we had one moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some really get along and some don't. Um, okay. So we we won't name names here, but, <laughs> okay. but we're still giving thanks in Amen, the midst of that, brother. So yeah. Uh, but even just that, you know, like just thankful that I have parents that are still living, you know, yeah. sometimes we can take that for granted. I was coming back and saw a friend in Bullinger, Ohio, and he's, you know, I was just sharing about the week and he's like, you know what, just be thankful they're alive. I don't have my parents yeah. and we're both the same age. Yeah. And that just puts things in perspective. It does. To give thanks for what is. Absolutely. Um, because sometimes we can take that for granted. Yep. So, and I want to add one more. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that my mom, who's 85, yeah. had a, well, she had a heart attack on October 1, and just a lot of waiting and a lot of time in, at the Meyer Heart Center and all that. But she just about a week before Christmas had a heart stent surgery and, and it went really well. So, I was super thankful this season that she was still with us. Yeah. Through things like that, I'm sure many of you, most of you have gone through something like that or are going through it right now. You, you just, you don't take one another for granted right. anymore. So thankful for you, mom. So we um, are in Matthew. Yeah. Not to transition, hard transition, but just really. Hey, to that. I felt it was smooth as butter. Yeah. Smooth as butter. Uh, 
Matthew chapter three, uh, we're continuing in the book of Matthew for the next several months. We come to Matthew chapter three, verses one through 12. And is it you or me that's going to read? Uh, I got it's you. A, it's me. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yep. It says this, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken of, th- spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel hair and he had a belt, a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you though, out of those sto- these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the tree and every tree that does not bear produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John is not one to mince words. No, he's not. <laughs> or wardrobe. <laughs> right. You brood of, of vipers. vipers. Yeah. So, yeah, we see right off the bat here that... Uh, Again, dots are being connected. The Old Testament is quoted again mm-hmm. about the prediction that John would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, A voice of one calling in the desert. This is Isaiah. Yeah, right? Isaiah. And he is uh, laying the pavement for Jesus to come onto the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so out of this, what is, there's a lot going on here. So much. Um, this is kind of a, this is kind of quick uh, uh, scene of different things going on. So what are, um, what's something that jumps out to you, uh, speaks to you about who God is or what he's doing here or what he's saying to us? Yeah. Well, a lot. The first thing is, you know, John is there to prepare the way for the Lord. And the first words out of his mouth are repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So to me, I think, uh, the confession of sin and repentance seems to be at the heart of preparing the way for the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it was for them then. I, I think it's probably still that way now. That just an attitude or a heart posture of of uh, of repentance, of turning from our old wicked ways and turning toward the Lord, and. You know, I haven't done a, a ton of study into revival history, but the little that I do know is that just about every major revival throughout history since Jesus is always kicked off by a season of, of prayer and repentance mm-hmm. and confession. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and sometimes we hear that you know we hear these words repent and confess, and they're very religiousy, churchy. And they feel words, negative. And they found negative, but these are words in the original that were just common words. Hmm. They were not like pulled from the the archives of religiosity, if mm-hmm. you want to say. They were like, hey, repent, turn. Mm-hmm. They're turning from one direction to the next. Right. You know, they're turning from living for their own kingdom mm-hmm. to the kingdom of God. Their confession was, I agree with you. You're right. Yeah. This way is right. So yeah. it wasn't these, you know, dust off these religious words and use mm. them. It was, mm. hey. And, and and it's also like this first time the kingdom is talked about. And that's going to be a huge theme that Matthew has. If Jesus is the true Messiah King, uh, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are kind of interchangeable words or phrases throughout the book of Matthew. And it's, hey, you repent, turn to live for his kingdom mm-hmm. and his ways. And the whole book of Matthew is helping us to live for his kingdom. And Matthew's laying that foundation for Jesus to talk about what that looks like, mm-hmm. um, especially um, very focused when we look at um, the Sermon on the Mount, the upside mm-hmm. down kingdom, mm-hmm. living for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. But I love how he foreshadows. He says, hey, I'm baptizing you with water. But guys, yeah. <laughs> someone's coming right. who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. with fire. Right. And he's what this is all about. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the, was the Gospel of John, John says, may, he, may I decrease and may he increase. Yes. You know? It's one of my life verses, John yeah. 3.30. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you should get a tattoo. Do you have a tattoo? I do have a tattoo. That says that? No, it does not say that. Okay. <laughs> what does yours say? It's just a symbol that God is greater than the highs and lows of oh. life. Okay. So. Awesome. Um, yeah. So John was laying the foundation um, that and he knew that Jesus was greater. He wasn't trying to steal the show like maybe right. some of the other other apostles <laughs> and disciples were maybe going to try to do that later. <laughs> John knew his role right. um, in that. Uh, and then we have this interesting exchange between John and the, and the religious elite, if you want today. We'll just use uh-huh. that as a synonym of yeah. um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees um, that he, like you referred to at the beginning of the podcast. He calls them out as a brood of vipers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and kind of gets really, kind. this kind of begins to draw some more specific application of what it really means to, to be one who is a disciple of Jesus. Right. Here. And what it doesn't mean to be a disciple of Jesus. I mean, he says, don't even, don't even start to say that you're children of Abraham. Right. Um, because that's not enough. Right. Because is that what he's saying? Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like he's saying, yeah, you are uh, biologically, lineage-wise, you are children of Abraham, but, but spiritually speaking, not necessarily. Right. right? Yeah. Because he's like, if, if I want to create descendants, I'll just create them out of these rocks because I'm God. Right, <laughs> you know, and shows that uh, um, lineage is is important, but it doesn't it doesn't get you in. Right, it's um, not enough to save you. Right, Paul actually says that in the book of Philippians, yep. when he kind of goes through his all all of his like I was born of this and this and this, mm-hmm. and he says I count it all rubbish yeah. or actually dog poop. <laughs> right, right. Uh, compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Yep, um, and then. In Galatians 3.29, he says, uh, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and mm-hmm. heirs according to the promise. Right. Regardless of whether you're part of Abraham's seed, you know, biologically. Right. 
And then it, then he really kind of, verses 10, talks about the fruit, and then actually then he talks about really kind of the whole idea of winnowing fork later in judgment. So he's like, basically, by their fruit, you'll know that they are <laughs> followers of Yahweh. Right. That it's not about information, but it's about transformation, that mm-hmm. it produces something in our life. And every tree that does not bear good fruit, so we should be bearing good fruit, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. And later he says, an unquenchable fire. Right. So, yeah, John's pretty straight up. <laughs> yes, he is. And it's no surprise that John lost his head. That's right. Uh, and not too many days after this. Uh, yeah, he calls out, well, doesn't he call out the woman that Herod is living with? Like yeah. he's living with his brother's sister or something. Yeah. Right, and they're still married or whatever, and he just calls him out in public. Right, and gets his head on a platter. And gets his head on a platter. But it really, you know, what this seems to be pointing to is very similar to what Jesus will later say too. Like, if you, it's not about just knowing, but it's obeying. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll talk about that in you know the the Sermon on the Mount. I keep on referring to <laughs> as we come up next right. week. But like, hey, it's. You have to be obedient. You just can't just know the word. There has to be fruit from that. And I think we live, I think we are getting better in the Western world, but we've lived in an age of especially information. You know, people have taken a lot of notes in Bible studies, a lot of information. Again, information is not wrong, but it's it's a conduit to know God and to obey God. It's not an end in itself. And I think a lot of our note-taking has been Mm. an end in itself not towards obedience. Right. So, but I think we can listen to John's word from my own life here. Yeah. Um, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Right. There's that theme again. Right. That's an interesting thought that fruit is in keeping with repentance. Mm-hmm. That, and repentance is basically turning. Right. Right. So the, the fruit that God's looking for is the fruit that comes when we turn away from our old life and right. turn toward him. Right. And it's good fruit, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, it's cause root fruit comes from roots, <laughs> not to be a, not a poet, but you know, mm-hmm. like, Hey, as you've changed directions and your roots are now in Christ, mm-hmm. you're, you're producing this good fruit and it's, it's the evidence. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it doesn't get you in. It's an evidence that you are in. It's your evidence that you are in relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So. Well, that's a good place for us to end, I think. Yeah. And for all those listening and for Kevin and I sitting here too, let's just continue to pray that our lives, uh, that we live lives that are worth imitating and we live lives that are producing fruit in keeping with repentance. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, which is Friday. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.